Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Bruce Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated at Bruce Chris Steakhouse. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Bruce Chris that Oilers now sent you. Just before we go to Mark Spector for the horses, Gene Principe has just put out a comment from Andreas Athanasiu on last night's $3 million pot, and I quote, uh, through Gene Principe uh, from Sportsnet. Uh, Andreas Athanasio said this, when we would come to uh, Canadian cities, sometimes guys would put uh, some money together for the 50-50. That's pretty funny. Uh, we bring aboard Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta presenting live racing Friday and Sunday evening to comply with HS regulations. Spectators have limited access at this time, but you can go online at hbibet.com dot com to watch and wager hello mr specter how are you oh pretty fair bobby i'm just uh like everyone else trying to get my head around what happened last night and i watched that mcdavid second goal rush about 400 times here on a loop and uh i still don't think i could do it i'm, I'm sure you couldn't <laughs> what'd you think of that goal <laughs> i used to walk you for fun 25 years and 50 pounds ago, Specs. The problem is I'm 50 pounds heavier, but uh, two pounds for every year. That's, that's, Mark, that's the Baileys. Uh, But, uh, oh, man, it was, I mean, let's face it, it's spectacular. And, and, you know, I just, I I mentioned it earlier in the show. I don't know if you saw it. It was on your network, but uh, the NBC broadcast, and they had uh, Anson Carter and, Corey Schneider talking about the, 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 the two McDavid goals to start the game. And Schneider said, there's times in our league when guys just watch what he does and you're you're kind of in awe. And there's, you know, he's basically saying there's no other player in the league that can, that can do that. And uh, at that level of explosiveness, and uh, I just... You know, Mark, I think when it comes to the Oilers, fans just need to be patient and watch the team grow and evolve. And it's, you know, there's going to, I mean, what did, what did Patrick Kane say last night after the game? Playoffs are fun because there's ups and downs. 
You know, we've already had that in this series, and we've had guys criticize uh, McDavid from other markets around the league because the Oilers weren't very good in Game One, and then we we saw a guy take his game super sonic gin and tonic last night and just you know elevate to a level where there's no other player in the world that can make, do what he does. So I, I, you know, I'd say just enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. I mean, we forget that, right? And, and the, you know, it's, it's, you forget that. I mean, usually in playoffs, Bob, you can say, look, it's a seven-game series. There's going to be ups and downs. The problem with these five-game series, right. you go down one nothing, and it feels like you're already in about game five. Right. <laughs> you know? So it, everything is, is got important real quick in Edmonton. Uh, you know, so I think that now it's, I mean, still it's the best of three. Everything's still real important. You kind of... You know, if you're an Oilers fan, you kind of want to get your team. Are they in the playoffs yet, or do they have to win this round to get in the playoffs? Bob? I think these are the qualifiers, and then they have to win this round to get to the playoffs. And right. and for for the experience of the team, I want you know. Obviously, look, I, I'm employed by OEG, but just in terms of the growth and the evolution of the group, I want them to to find a way to get past Chicago. So I'm nervous because Chicago's got the heart of a champion, and they've got some great players themselves and they've got some secondary support scores that can make it challenging the Oilers played the game the way they wanted to but just just back to mcdavid mark they pan the chicago bench after that uh second goal and two guys on their bench you could read their lips very common term that would be deployed in hockey circles uh so you know what it, it is with holy <laughs> well he, that, that that's that's it, it wasn't even a holy it was like blank off right it was one of those like like and, and we've been there before every person listening to this show right now that's played hockey in his life maybe has played at a level where there's one guy that's way better than everybody else and can do stuff even if you're playing in beer league and there's that guy that's sitting there that should be in division one and he's playing you know it's kind of like that joke uh commercial that nugent hopkins did uh with uh with, with tensor and a bunch of other people in the city of edmonton things people say in the city of edmonton colin priester put it together and nugent hopkins said something about we'll never get out of division six this way well we've all been there we played against one guy that's way better than everybody else you're like oh come on and and that's guys doing it at the nhl level i mean that's how spectacular and unique it is mark well i mean there is you know there's a lot of different ways you define that leadership the, there's the very tangible way he comes out and gives you a two nothing lead 405 into a must win hockey game that's you don't need any more leadership than that and then there's the way he does it right and you know not only does every guy on the orders bench look at that and say holy cow like we've got <laughs> the best player in the ice we're up to nothing look what he's doing if i bring my game to the, to the same commensurate level that he's bringing his game to, you know, we're winning for sure. But every guy in the Chicago bench looks at that thing and says, oh, man, like, we got some good players here, but we don't have anybody that can do that. And, yeah. you know, these guys are all athletes. They're alpha dogs, every one of them. They've all been the best player in their teams growing up. And, and it takes a lot to make players on the opposing team look at each other and go, say what you saw them say. Uh, there's not many players in the league that can do that, and McDavid did it last night. That reverberates through the Chicago bench, man. Don't think it doesn't. Imagine, you know, the only bad part about what happened, and, hey, we're making the best out of a very challenging situation with the pandemic, is that there was no fans in the building to watch a goal like that. Right. Like, like you know, and, and let's not forget, third game that day on the ice, the puck was hopping and bouncing. He, he took a spirit to knock it down out of the air to begin with, you know, and, and he got the right matchup. That wasn't Duncan Keith back there 
that was Ali Mata that he walked on the play, but he's, he can just do that to you. Mark, there were several other things to hit on, so let's get to it. Uh, actually, before we do that, we're going to go a different route. So there was, there, there's been some comments, uh, you know, a guy out of Toronto, you know, complete no-show for McDavid in game one, and, you know, Edmonton was down, but Connor did end up with three points in that game, wasn't happy with his performance. Uh, Adrian Dater made his comment, I forget the, what was it, personality deficient? Um, I just like to say I know something about being personality deficient. Many people that have known me over the years, Mark, have referred to me as personality deficient. I don't think Connor McDavid's per- It's like the light on John F. Kennedy, right, during the, that presidential run. You, sir, know John F. Kennedy. But uh, anyhow, with, with all seriousness, uh, do, do sometimes people is, – is that just what you deal with today with Twitter? is there's nine million opinions on different things and you're going to have people make some comments that maybe might have got made as press box uh, wags 25 years ago but didn't make their way anywhere because it's what is is that just a byproduct of that yeah it absolutely guys today just say stuff to say stuff but i mean there's, there's two sort of conversations there bob the the thing about you know, the thing about Connor McDavid, his quotes are, are bland, so he must be a terrible leader for his hockey team. It's just absolute stupidity. Like, if you know anything about hockey players, and the guy who wrote that should, he's been around a long time, hockey players don't care. Unless the guy, like, I remember George Lerac used to get into some trouble because he talked a lot and right. said a lot of stuff and caused a lot of hassle for guys. That's different. You think that James Neal's watching Connor McDavid's quotes and saying, oh, he's kind of bland to the media. I don't think I like him. I mean, that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. They don't care what they say to the media. So that's, I mean, the media is completely irrelevant in that dressing room, Bob, and I know that because I'm one of them. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's the way it should be. And and who the hell, like, look, Jack and me are on the plane. Uh, I mean, this is a very different experience right now, Mark, but we're on every trip, okay? And even you know even in our situation i don't i i you know i'm pretty sure jack would feel the same way like i don't 100 percent know exact like you know what when when it when things are going tough i don't know who says what in the room nobody's running over to me saying oh you should have hurt like and i, I always kind of laugh at guys that try to have the inside knowledge of what what the room really feels like how the hell do you know and yeah. and there are some i will say this there's a couple guys over the years that have kind of given the impression that they know and i'm kind of like know what like come on man like you, you know what i'm saying like you just well, you, you, there you go what i know is that what happens in the post-game scrum unless a player says something that brings a bunch of trouble and and hassle back to the team guys could care less what they say what their teammates say to the media so that's irrelevant you know i, I criticized uh, i mean I guess I would say I criticized McDavid after game one because he sure he had three points, but we've learned if any town should know, it's not just about your superstar going out and getting some points and being minus one or minus two, right? There's more to the game. And in game one, it, facts are facts, Bob. Connor McDavid played three minutes against Jonathan Taser, got five and five, got outscored two nothing. Played eight minutes against David Camp and got outshot no chance. So that is fair criticism. It's absolutely fair to look at your captain and best player after that first game and like every player on the team say you got to be better than that that's not good enough for Connor McDavid he'd say the same thing I have no problem with that so you know that's the facts are facts so there's different levels of if you criticize a guy and you're right and, and he 
doesn't play well, you're allowed to say so. Everybody doesn't have a great game every day. But making up stuff about, you know, who, like you're right, who knows what kind of leader economy David is in the room. Come on, that's garbage. Yeah, well, and uh, it's just it's just an interesting one. And I, I remember having this debate with a couple fathers of NHL players 20 years ago uh, about, you know, well, we are in the entertainment business. How far does the focus of the players to be a great teammate uh, and and to bring it and to play hard and to practice hard? That's what, you know, those are the sort of things that should matter. You know what, Mark, when I evaluate people myself, I like guys that work hard. And if guys are half-assed, I don't like those guys. Like, that's just, if they're sitting there, you know, trying to skate by, no pun intended, and that's people in our industry, right? They try to sell themselves, uh, you know, as, as being uh, at, you know, that's why we're completely honest in our, like, we're not in the building at the games right now for this event because there's no radio broadcasters and uh, no regional TV broadcasters in the building calling games right now. That's just right. the way it works. So yeah, I'm not going to BS you on that. All right, uh, we're going to talk about several of Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Of the things it's 1246 in Edmonton for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Mark Spector, Bob Stoffer. This is the Oilers Now. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. All right, everybody. 1248, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. HBIbet.com. That's where you can watch and wager on the races out at Century Mile. Hey, Spec, just before we get to the Oilers forwards, uh, one more thing. You know, Adrian Dater, and he's been in the league a long time, uh, but he watched that Colorado dynasty. Uh, you know what? The Joe Sackick, you know how many years it took him to win a playoff series as a member of the Quebec Nordiques? How many? Well, he never did win a playoff series as a member of the Quebec Nordiques. He, he played for first year in Denver, though. Right. He played seven years in Quebec. They played in two playoff series. Mark Crawford was his coach when they uh, lost in six uh, back in 95. Uh, don't forget, uh, you know, they drafted Sakic. I think he was an 87 pick. Uh, but they had three number one picks in a row, including Owen Nolan, Matt Sundin, and Eric Lindros. They flipped Sundin for Clark. But they had a ton of talent. And in his first seven years in the NHL, did not win a playoff experience. And I wonder whether or not, uh, if, if you'd gone through that with Sackick, if maybe you'd have a different appreciation. Because we live, you know what I mean, Mark? We live in such a here and now time, and Twitter is here and now. But it doesn't, like, not, not everybody is Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier winning a Stanley Cup championship in their fifth year. Or Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze winning in 2010. 
because they already got Seabrook and Keith there in defense. You know what I'm saying? Like it, you know, you know, when Sackick ended up winning in year number eight, first playoff series he won was in the year in which they won the Stanley Cup. That also coincided with the arrival of a generational goaltender in Patrick Waugh. Now I don't think Sack I think Sackick's a Hall of Famer, great guy. By the way, Mark, you were in the room in ninety seven, ninety eight. It's not like Sackick was the most verbose player. Could you even get access to him back then? It wasn't Johnny Martineau always rolling out. Today, you guys get, you know, Stefan Yell. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if I recall, because I was kind of on the periphery back then, I didn't see a lot of Forsberg and Sackick doing the daily avails with Edmonton Media and Edmonton during the 97 and 98 playoffs. Well, I think the, the biggest uh, comparison and, and the similarity between McDavid and, and Joe Sackick were that Joe Sackick was, in fact, Joe Sackick was, yeah, his nickname was Quoteless Joe, <laughs> right? Joe, if he was on this conversation would chuckle because I've heard him use it. He just wasn't great with the media. He was very quiet cat. He didn't have a ton of things to say. Very intelligent, but just didn't say a lot in the media. So what did he do? He went out and he was the best player on the ice every night. He, he, you know, his team followed his actions and his team could care less how good he was in the media. Nobody cared about that. Yeah. So to me, they're the same guy. Who the, the, Their presence in the media is absolutely irrelevant inside that dress room. It's their presence in the lineup that gets yeah. the job done. And my point is it takes time and you need to build a team. And people need yeah. to remember that. 13 yep. years for Alexander Ovechkin. 13 years for Steve Eisenman. Ovi's a first ballot. You know, he's in the Hall of Fame right away. Eisenman's a Hall of Famer. Sackick's a Hall of Famer. Doesn't happen overnight. All right, let's talk about the Oilers team. And let's specifically talk about an Oilers support player. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's not an elite driver, but he's a great support player. And whatever line he's on, spec, if he's with McDavid or if he's with Drysaddle, that's the Oilers' first line. Agree or disagree? Um, that's, geez, that's fair. I'm going to have a hard time telling you that Carna Mc, anyone, any line Carna McDavid's on it should be called the first line in this town. But I get what you're saying. Uh, listen, he's, he is... Yeah, so what do, you, what do you define what you're saying there, Bob? Ryan Nugent Hopkins is by far the most skilled and elite winger on this team, right? So when you take that, it's not the old orders where where you had Curry, but you also had Anderson, you know? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, no offense to the rest of the orders, he's by far the best winger on this team at this point. He's a better player than Kyler Yamamoto. He's a better offensive player than Zach Cassian or Tyler Ennis or... You know, that's just the way it is. So, sure, the guy that gets him, Drysaddle or McDavid, has got the best winger on the team, so he probably should have the best line. But, um, you know, like everyone else, did he get three points in the first game, uh, R&H? He got, yeah, he got, he's got three and three. They're, McDavid yeah, and, uh, but he had to put his game together. Defensively, he was, you know, one thing about Nugent Hopkins is, and every good winger with an offensive center is sometimes you got to do a little of the work like Curry used to do for Gretzky, yeah. and you can count you can count on Ryan Nugent Hopkins defensively. He's got a you know he's got a little of that Pavel Datsuk steal a puck from you in him. He's he gets down low and can do. I'm not saying he's Patrice Bergeron, but you know that's who he'd like to be one day. 
uh, when that stuff disappears, he's like everybody else. He gets you points, but if they're all going in in your end, Bob, what's it's it's not helping the team. Anyway. Well, two face-off losses. I mean, they scored two goals in game one off face-off. Uh, one directly off a face-off loss. The other one off an extended cycle. We're joined by Sportsnet spec Mark Spector. You ever notice how when the Oilers have a Lele stink bomb spec uh, and maybe Cassian's quiet, Josh Archibald gets elevated pretty quickly? Yeah, well, isn't that a, the sign of a team, right? That's how a team works, Bob, right? You got different you know, the coach has different bullets to put in the chamber. And if he doesn't like the way one thing's going, he's got he's got a backup plan that's legit. This Oilers team five years ago, the backup plan was to call up some guy who's been in Bakersfield all year. And you always said to yourself, how's this going to help? Well, now you got two plans. And don't worry, right? Cassian will find his way back up to that line when the time is right. That's And by the way, uh, I thought he looked great with Fantasy U last night and Shea. You know, that that's a viable line for the next couple of games. Is that the best game Andreas Athanasius played as an order spec? Oh, yeah, unquestionably. So so maybe that's his spot, Bob. Like, let's talk about what we – the things that we complain about with Athanasiu. Doesn't seem to play real well with an elite centerman like David or Dreisaitl. Doesn't trade pucks with those guys the way Nugent Hopkins does. Maybe that's where he's best. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe you don't want him with an elite centerman that he always has to get the puck to, and he always has to work off of. Maybe he's great down there with Shane, who's going to give him the puck and let him go, and a guy like Cassian who can retrieve the puck and get it to him, like he did several times last night. How's that work for you? Well, there's no question that uh, what I liked is he drove the net. Uh, he'll get some calls when he does that as well. Uh, that line worked, and the fourth line worked. I mean, Neil and Chason are two veteran players on the wings. Uh, they know how to play. And that matters when it comes to playoff time, Mark. Sorry, Specula- you, left, you went out on me for a second. All right, I just said, I just talked about uh, Chase on and Neil. You had to like what you saw to them, and I, th- I think it says something to veteran playoff experience with those guys. Well, and Dave Tippett, yeah. What, you, know, I, you know what you're getting with Neil. He's been around a long time. He's got great hands, right? We've watched Chase on enough that we know that he's not going to carry the puck from one end to the other. But all around the net, he's kind of like Neil. <laughs> he's got really good hands. I sort of questioned who was going to who was going to lug the puck on that line. And, uh, you know, Dave Tippett said this morning, he says, Karras starting to turn into a player here. He's starting to – we found a spot for him. You know, they've, they've found a spot. They, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jujar Karras, was he drafted as a winger? I know he spent more time as a winger. Uh, he he played a little, Mark, he's played a little bit of center as well as wing every step of the way up, right? And, and so, you know, we'll we'll see where this goes with him. I, I recall, I thought he played a lot at center uh, when he was uh, in Everett. Uh, I think at Michigan Tech he might have played more wing. But, yeah, uh, I, I never saw him. I always, we, I think, certainly personally, I always saw him as a young winger in this organization. I never yeah. saw him as a, a kid that's going to turn into a centerman. Well, but, hey, sometimes stuff changes. And I'll tell you, he's a big, if you're looking at him, let's say, as your third or fourth line center, like, what does this team lack? They've been looking for a guy to win faceoffs to, you know, Manny Malhotra, right? John Madden, that kind of guy. Well, you know what? Maybe Jujar Kara figures out how to win 51% of his face-offs. He's big and he's strong and he skates and he fights and he's okay with a puck. 
maybe you groom your own third line centerman instead of going out and getting one all the time, Bob. Yeah, you know, my my concern for him as a as a third line guy would be the foot, you know, the foot speed and the quickness, especially with the way the game's evolving. We're going to talk about defense uh, coming up at one o'clock, but uh, what I do like, you know, he's. Is if he can increase his competitiveness, he can definitely etch out a long-term career for himself as a bottom six center. Spec, uh, stay with us. You can take a break here for six or seven minutes. I just want to actually, Brendan, we're going to go ahead and do the uh, injury report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, obviously very, uh, very healthy. Uh, they've got access to all their players, Caleb Jones and uh, Caleb Jones, as well as Gaetan Haas, the extra skaters. Nygaard, who had surgery. Uh, was back at training camp. Uh, I think there might have been a, you know, we'll see whether or not he eventually works his way into the mix. Uh, anything else around the league that caught your eye, Brendan? Uh, Steven Stamkos is going to miss Tampa's game tomorrow against Boston, but Boston's goaltender, Tuka Rask, will be ready to go after being unfit to participate. Uh, out of Winnipeg, Shifley and Patrick Laine are still both uh, questionable, according to Paul Maurice. Yeah, Calgary and Winnipeg play uh, game three. Speck and me will have a conversation coming up second hour about the defense, about the emergence of Ethan Bear, maybe how defensive's changed a bit, and then some thoughts of the other playoff series. But at this time, we're going to go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.